We're going to go. Now it is the book of the Psalms, but I'm going to Psalm 107. I wouldn't say Psalms 107, that would be totally wrong. I need to use the singular, okay? We've been working on lessons for the ladies' class, and that hasn't been long since we've been on Psalm 107. Anyway, I'm going to read this for you. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul. And filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. Because they rebelled against the words of God, and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. And break their bands in sunder. Oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools because of their transgression. And because of their iniquities are afflicted, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. 
Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth the rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground. A fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation. And sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them also so that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth or alloweth not their cattle to decrease. Again they are menaced or diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of Psalm 107. Now you should have been able to determine from the overall reading of this, this is not talking about any particular time or really any particular people except it would be the elect of God and then the wicked. And and that's all. This is over and over, over and over. And this thing is this thing is uh, repeated over and over as we speak today. This thing is going on right today. And these scenes is what we have here. Now that they they get themselves in rebellion and horrible shape, and then when they are at their wits' end, they call upon the name of the Lord, and the Lord hears them and de- and delivers them. And that's been the history of even God's people ever since the beginning. So, verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I think this is probably the key to the whole song here. You need to mark that verse. And you need to remember it, and we certainly need to practice it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I've heard many times, years ago, uh, guys get up and give a testimony. And they talk about all of the whiskey they drank and the women they ran with and did this and did that and all that. And now I've quit it all. The Lord's blessed me. Now let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're all sinners. But the redeemed of the Lord say so. How'd you get redeemed? That's what you need to talk about. Uh, Anyway, we want to ask, who are these favored men? And how, how did they get delivered? And what should they do about it? And that's what we're talking about. Now look at verse 11. Because they rebelled against the words of God. That's been talked about already today. Do you know why Charles Darwin came up with 
his version of evolution and he wrote his books because he hated God. And he was doing his best to get away from the necessity of the Word of God. That's why people love evolution in billions of years. Because they're rebelling at God, rebelling at His Word. They won't have a judge. You said this morning, brother. They won't have the judge. We will not have this man to rule over us. We want to be able to do what we want to do. And that's what they're doing. And you see what part the Word of God. Now the Word of God used to have a big part of our society. From the pilgrims that came over. What, 1607 Jamestown? Plus they were already here before that in the 16th century. 1492, but... There was much availing themselves of the Word of God. The laws that we had came from the Word of God. Even laws we have on our books now, the civil laws and many of them, they, are, they have their roots in the Word of God. Amen. Now we've even got independent Baptist preachers trying to get everybody away from the law of God. Oh, but you can't get away from the law of God. That's God's standard of holiness for all time, all eternity, all nations, all people. And that the Ten Commandments will be read at the great white throne judgment. The reason you're a sinner is because you've transgressed His law. And what did these do? They rebelled against the words of God. And that's going on as we speak. And contemn, that word contemn means despised. Thought down on, thought nothing of the counsel of the Most High. The counsel of the Most High is His Word. And that's where we are today. Now there's, there's what happened. It says... Because there's the reason they got in such a mess. Look, look at where they were in verse 10. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. This is spiritual. The physical is to illustrate the spiritual. People don't like to talk about death. But you see, it's not a surprise when somebody dies, folks. Shouldn't be a surprise when somebody dies. I know we've had our governor and whatever you got called that thing in Washington talking about they're going to stop all this death from the Fauci flu. They're not going to stop any death. They don't have the ability to stop death. I looked in the obituaries. I still have to sneak in on that electronic paper because I ain't paying for it. And I get the obituaries. I noticed in the obituaries yesterday, there was one guy 37 years old. 
Never did say what happened to him. Others, 40s and 50s. Dead. Gone. Well, you got to be 100 years. No, no. No, no. Death hits all ages. Babies die. And law do we murder them. We murder them in droves in the United States of America. We're supposed to guarantee life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that guarantee of life does not, it does not go down to the babies in the womb. Most dangerous place to be at anywhere in the world today is in your mama's womb. Because at any time she can have you cut up. Brain sucked out. Pickled. Or just laid up on a shelf and died. Millions of them. And they're, they're demonstrating. They want the right to murder more of them. They want the right to murder them even after six months old. Lots of death. Rather than stopping death. They're causing death. But nevertheless, death is a reality of life. I don't want my children to know about it. You better teach them about it. Some people won't take the children to a funeral because they don't want them to see death. You better teach them about it because you raise them up thinking they're not going to die. But they are going to die. It's appointed unto man. Wants to die but after this, the judgment of God. And that waits for every human being, every color. It doesn't matter who you are, rich, poor, big, little, whoever you are. If you're a human being, death is appointed unto you. But after this, the judgment. And there they are. And they were in, in deep trouble in the shadow, sitting in darkness, the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. And why were they there? Whose fault was it? It was because they rebelled against the words of God. That all started with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Now you've got so-called preachers teaching that, that Adam and Eve weren't really real people. That they were just symbolic. That there were many millions of years before Adam and Eve. Oh, no, no, they're just liars. I wish somebody would tell them I called them liars. Because they are liars. They come into prison through rebellion. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They were God-haters. They would rather listen to Satan than to listen to God. Let me show you this. So, well, that's them. No, 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 no. It's true of me. It's true of you. Any time you sin, you're not listening to God. Amen. So you got to be listening to Satan. Don't say that just happened to them. What happened to me? Every time you sin, you're listening to Satan and the flesh and the world rather than listening to God. 
God's got his word for us. Been here. And all you have to do is study his word and find out what he says. The first place to start is the Ten Commandments. Well, you've been doing this all your life. <laughs> Lifelong rebels. <laughs> Lifelong. Oh, well, we're innocent. We don't deserve nothing. Do what? Lifelong rebels. Rejectors of his word. When you know what his word says and you don't do it, you don't follow it. You're rejecting his word. Amen. You think you won't hear about that later? Counting your own ideas and everybody else's ideas as more than the word of God. For example, let me give you this. You send your kids to school, government schools, and they tell your kids that the world started with the Big Bang. Now, now, Johnny, you, you listen to your teacher. So your little kid listens to the teacher. It says, well, the world started with the Big Bang and was a molten mass of lava, molten mass of fire for billions of years until it finally cooled down and started sweating, and that's where all the water came from. That's what they teach them. said, no, don't you follow them. You listen to the word of God. Amen. This world did not start out as a, as a molten mass. I believe there was water above and below the earth that completely covered it. That doesn't sound like a molten mass to me. And I know that water didn't come from sweat or ice crystals hitting us from outer space. But if you accept that, you're counting the ideas of a bunch of heathen, idolaters, atheists, as more than the Word of God. Job said this is more than my necessary food. You can take my food away, but you can't take the word of God away. Won't permit it. Men will accept anything rather than the word of God. Yet his free grace can set you free Amen. from all of that. Look at verse 10. Such as sit in darkness in the shadow of death... Being bound in affliction and iron. These were guilty men and women. These were also doomed men and women. <laughs> They're sitting on death row. So, boy, I don't want to be there. You are there if you're not saved. You're on death row being ready to be executed. Amen. Judgment has already been passed. Amen. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Amen. 
that's a pretty rough place to be. They're coming. I mean, you know, the death angel's coming pretty soon. And when he comes, he's going to take you to your execution. And you're going to die the second death, and that'll be eternity away from God in a place called the lake of fire. And the worm dieth not. You're doomed. So I thought God loved everybody. No, that's not what the Bible says. John 3.36 The wrath of God abides on your head. So I thought he loved everybody. Somebody's lying to you. God only loves in Jesus Christ. And if you are not in Jesus Christ through repentance and faith, the wrath of God abides on your head. You are doomed. Say, well, maybe I can live long enough. Oh, no. You can't live long enough. You just can't live long enough. I was preaching a revival meeting in Winchester years ago without knocking on doors. I might have told you this before. But there's an older fella. I say older, you probably about my age then. Looked like he's in pretty good shape. And I talked to him. He said, oh, no, I don't, I don't believe in all that. I said, uh, well, you're not too far from death. I said, you know, you've got some age on you. I said, uh, what do you trust then? You, 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 you're going you're gonna to stand before God whether you believe in him or not. He said, friend, look over across the road. Okay. Fenced in place. There wasn't no house over there. He said, that's my herb garden. And that's what I'm trusting in. You're trusting in your herb garden to keep you alive. I said, it'll probably help you till you die. Yeah. All that good stuff will help you till you die. But what about working out? That'll help you till you die. Yeah. It will. All them health foods. Watching this and watching that and keeping your weight here and there and checking everything out, going to, uh, to the doctor and up. That will all help you until you die. It will. Until you die. And all that won't have any effect hardly at all on when you die. Doomed men. You're out of Jesus Christ. You're doomed. You ought not to be happy. Jeremiah and Ezekiel talked about that. Why should we then make mirth? What's funny? Tell me a joke. You want to hear something funny? You're sitting in on death row. You're doomed. You're sitting in darkness. And at any time, that last breath will leave your body and you'll enter into eternity and be judged forever. I can't think of anything that would be funny enough to overcome that. Why should we then make mirth and laugh? What's funny? Look what this country's facing. What's funny? Look at the book of the Revelation. It's not symbolic. It's literal of what's coming on this, this country, this earth. 
The wrath of God is going to fall. And how many people, how many people are going to die under the wrath of God? Read a third, half, three-fourths. Read all those measures. We've just been through that. The ocean's going to be turned to blood. The rivers and the fountains are going to be turned to blood. And everything in them is going to, going to die. Where are you going to get your drink? Say, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to stockpile. How much can you stockpile? You can't thwart God's sovereign plan. How many people died in the flood of Noah's day? We don't know, but we do know that there was at least hundreds of millions that died. Matter of fact, what we do know for certain is that there was only eight individuals that lived through the flood. Now, if the population of the pre-flood world was anywhere as near what it is today, what is it, six billion? It may not have been six billion, but it could have easily been two to four billion. And every single one of them died in the flood, and that was under the wrath of God. Amen. The flood was the wrath of God. And the only ones we know for sure and absolutely that, that survived the flood were the eight individuals, Noah and his family, on the ark. Because in a type, they were shut up in Jesus Christ Amen. and sheltered from the wrath of God that was falling all around them. Death is eternal. These were doomed men, condemned, awaiting execution. And John Y. Brown or nobody else is going to be able to get a stay. All these lawyers run in on these death row people about to get executed. And they get a phone call from the governor. A stay of execution for maybe 24 hours or something. Or maybe even completely. But there won't be a stay of this execution. There won't be a stay. Matter of fact, John 3.18 says that they are condemned already because they've not believed. But now there wasn't the belief that condemned them or the lack of it. It's their sin. Sin is a transgression of the law. And the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The only remedy for it is Jesus Christ. Amen. And you can only appropriate the salvation, the redemption that is in Jesus Christ in repentance and faith, belief, reception. The eternal wrath of God is hanging over the head of everyone that's not in Christ. There is no consolation and your heart consents 
to judgments of God. I've, I've actually been there. You see, if you, if you don't get lost, you can't get saved. Amen. That's why the law has to be preached. And the law has to come in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, when the law came, sin revived, and I died because of the law. But then at verse 14, 13, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Uh, I don't have time for this. Romans 10 real quick. Verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And what these folks do, verse 13 back in Psalm 107. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. That's the kind of calling, the crying and the calling that they did that Paul was talking about in Romans 10. Now there's lots of people call on God in a curse word. That's not what he's talking about. That call is a call of faith in Christ and his finished work of redemption. These were bound men. They were in bound in affliction and iron. They were guilty. They were doomed. And they were bound. You may think that you're doing whatever you want to do. But you're not doing it. You're not accomplishing much of anything. You won't until you get in to Christ. These were weary men. Look at verse 12. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Weary men. Somebody under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Is tired. Weary. Wore out. Doesn't really know what to do about it. But you know something's got to happen. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. But it can only come off, lift off of you at the cross of Christ. If you remember, you remember the Pilgrim's Progress we watched. You remember that awful burden he had on his back. That's what we're talking about. That awful burden of sin. That always was there. He just didn't know it. He became really aware of it when he heard the gospel. 
and he started on his path, the pilgrim's progress. And when he got to the Lord in repentance and faith, that burden came off. Look at verse 27. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. Didn't say this drunk, said this stagger like a drunken man. And are at their wits end. Wit. If someone has a sharp wit, it means they're intelligent. They can think on their feet. But being under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you come to your wit's end. You realize that you can't figure it out. You can't take care of it. If all heaven was one step away, you couldn't take it. There's nothing you can do. Well, here's a religion that says... Get yourself baptized. Come down here and pray through. Get the Holy Ghost. Do the seven sacraments. That's what all the religionists are telling you to do. To take care of this. But it doesn't help. All that stuff doesn't do a thing. You're at your wit's end. And there's nobody to help. So help me brother gum. Help me brother gum. I can't. Can't do it. Well what about my free will? I even hear preachers. You can't do anything to destroy the free will of man. No, you can't. It's already been destroyed. Man's free will got destroyed in the Garden of Eden. Adam had a free will. He wasn't moved within himself or by anybody else. Well, Satan tempted him. I know that. Satan tempted Eve. She tempted Adam. And they both succumbed to this satanic temptation. But you can't blame Satan for what they did. Of their own free will, they chose to obey Satan. There's your free will. And from that moment till now, our free will has been absolutely destroyed by our depraved nature. Nobody's limiting us except our depraved nature. That's why we are sinners by nature, born with it. We are sinners by practice. 
and by choice. We choose it and we practice it, and we still do. We're exercising the only will that we've got, and that is a depraved will. Luther wrote a book, The Bondage of the Will. The will is in bonds to your depraved nature. So well, if you want to be good, you can be. No, you can't. We went through this with Jesus and the rich young ruler. And also the lawyer. He said, what good thing must I do that I can inherit eternal life? He said, well, you know, the law is, oh, I've done all this. Then Jesus gave him the other part of the law, the beginning part of it. And he went away sorrowful. If he had even tried to do that, it was too late. I hear the Camelot saying, oh, uh, you need to be saved from your, uh, your rebel, your rebel sinner. They don't think everybody's a rebel sinner. Just the worst sinners are. We're all rebel sinners. These people were because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned, despised the counsel of the Most High. We're all rebel sinners in ourselves. What is that but rebellion? I see it even from adults, not just kids. From adults, I'll tell you what, you see these women. Oh boy, they cut the hair off and look like a man. That's rebel. That's rebellion. I saw in the, I think it was on the Facebook, there were two, I hate to call them anything. They're actually females that are masquerading as males. And of course they're lesbians. And they're both pregnant. And that, my dear friends, is how they're claiming that men can get pregnant. Because these women, masquerading as men, I don't know how they got pregnant, whether it's by injection or the other way, but somewhere along the way they had to have a Bonafide man. But they claim to be men. Yes, I'm a man and I'm pregnant. Stinking liars. And that president of ours goes along with it. Folks, that is absolute rebellion. That's those females rebelling against the God who made them. Well, I got news for them. When they die and go to hell, they will die and go to hell as females and remain that forever. And these so-called men that have those transgender 
surgeries. I don't care what you cut off, old boy. When you die and go to hell, you're going to die and go to hell as a male. Rebellion is what it's all about. And we see a whole passel of it every day. Walk amongst it. Where is their free will? Where is their power? Don't have either one of them. These were helpless men. There was none to help. You ever hear the old saying, God helps them that help themselves? That's false. Truth of the matter is, God only helps, helps those who cannot help themselves. Especially in this matter of salvation. Well, they say, well, they got to pray. Well, look at verse 13. I don't know that I would call this praying. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. I'd say this is more like a, like an animal that gets caught in a trap. And with his last breath, it's crying out for help. I mean, he's got no help. Help ain't a coming. And he understands that to a degree. And that last little, and then he dies. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In my opinion, if you don't call in that manner, you haven't called on him. Everything has to be gone. Somebody talking about dead works the other day. Hebrews talks about repenting from dead works. You know what dead works are? It's sin. But those are specifically those works that we do in trying to get accepted by God. Yes. Religious works. Yeah. They're dead. They don't accomplish anything. They don't get you any help at all. They're dead works. Now look at verse 2 again. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 31, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. How has this deliverance been worked? 
redemption. Amen. We sing the song, Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In my own world, that's how I was delivered. You may not believe this, but a nine-year-old kid, I felt my feet falling into hell. So how wild was you as a kid? I wasn't wild at all. But I was lost. And I knew I was lost. And I knew if I died in that shape where I was going, I could feel it. But that's when the Lord delivered me. Lord, I believe you that your son died for me and paid for my sins, was buried and rose again the third day. And I've been believing that ever since. Been trusting that ever since. And that's the only thing I've been trusting ever since. He died for me. He put away my sins by his blood. If he didn't do it, I'm a damned man. Condemned. If he didn't bear my sins, I'll have to. Because they can't go unpunished. He will in no wise clear the guilty. And every sin shall be brought to light and shall be punished. I'd be scared to death if it wasn't for Christ. I wouldn't want to die either if it wasn't for Christ. I know I'm going to have to and I'm not afraid of it. Because I know I'm in Christ. Yes. So how do you know I got the word? His, his spirit testifies with my spirit that I am a child of God and I know it through his word. I don't know it because I feel it. I know it because the word says it. And you understand salvation is by grace through faith. So prove it to me, Brother Gump. It's through faith. There's the answer right there. Salvation is by grace through faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's not faith in your faith. It's faith in Christ that He is who God says He is. And that he has redeemed you. His finished work of redemption. I said now. I didn't say all this as a nine year old kid. But, but the feelings were there. The evidence was there. If he died for me. And paid for all my sins. Why am I sitting here in this darkness? I'm alive. I've got eternal life. I'll never die. Didn't he say all that? And spiritually I got up out of my prison house. Shook off the shackles. 
they took them and started shaking, making music with them. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Sing that song. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Then they cried unto the Lord, verse 13, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Complete deliverance. They've got denominations. Full gospel. Uh, was that Amy Simple McPherson's bunch the International Church of the Four Square Gospel oh we're a full gospel church really you can't get the gospel any more full than it is and Paul said it was how that Christ died for our sins according to scripture was buried and rose again the third day According to the scripture, don't come to me with no full gospel if you don't have that gospel. Because if you got something else to add to that, you got another gospel. And Paul said, let you be a cursing. Right. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And for those folks, Maybe you. Wasn't long ago you couldn't say that. Yeah, we believe in God's eternal election. But you didn't know about it. Only thing I knew was I was sitting in darkness. The shadow of death. The wrath of God abiding on my head. And I was lost even as others. Walking according to the Prince of the power of the air. Walking according to the course of this world. Until God did a work of grace in me. I have been redeemed. And it was Jesus, God's Christ, that redeemed me fully and completely.